0: Welcome to Americana Quill, right at a right up. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend that likes to subscribe. Today, we are doing the third episode of Lovecraft Country with my friend Jesse Creighton. And basically, we are going to discuss episode three. And let me just give a brief synopsis for the viewers before we get into it. Three weeks after George's funeral, Letty uses an unexpected inheritance from her deceased mother to buy a uh, a basically Victorian mansion in an all-white neighborhood on Chicago's north side, filling it with black renters together with her her half-sister Ruby. The white neighbors harass them and burn a cross on the lawn. A white supremacist police officer, Captain Lancaster, threatens Letty inside the house. Supernatural activity flares up. Letty learns that the previous owner was a white scientist, Hiram Epstein. With the help of Lancaster, he kidnapped, experimented on, and killed eight Black people before buying them under the house. All nine spirits are trapped there. With the help of a medium and the Black spirits, Letty banishes Epstein, malevolent ghosts. Later, Atticus finds Christina Birthright in Chicago. She survived the fire. Atticus has deducted that she was secretly the source of the inheritance and had still Letty to the house. Christina explains that the house was built by Har- Harito Winthrop, a son of Adam, member banished after stealing pages from the Book of Names in the 1800s. And the Epstein was a follower of Winthrop. She asks Atticus to help her find the missing pages, which could help decipher the language of Adam. Atticus, Adams, to shoot her, uh, oh, sorry, Atticum, Atticus attempts to shoot her, but he's not able to pull the trigger. So episode three, I felt was really good. Um this is the episode that helps you see a little bit more into the future of all the other future of all the other episodes, I should say. I should say. Oh, yeah. So with episode three, I felt like it was deep, but it was more of like foreshadowing was to come for like you to stay interested in the story and not like lose yourself and not care to do any more of watching if that makes sense so how did you initially feel about episode three
1: um when i first saw it i was i was excited because you got to learn more um more relationships Mm -hmm. and you got to see the way that they interact when they're not you know out looking you know for montrose and when the the episode opens up, they open up at church, which makes sense because of the last two episodes, they needed to go to church. Like everything they went through, they needed to find and be settled. And when Letty's sitting there, there was a poem that was being said, and it's it says, Which ang- angels gave you their wings, which skies have you flown? And when you reached the heavens, who was there to catch you when you fell? It's a poem that's by a lady named Precious Ebony, and for her to sit there and think about that while everybody is praising um, just a deep thought of everything that she's been through so far Mm -hmm. and everything that's, you know, backstory that you don't actually see. Like, like it was a good opening scene for the episode, and... It's true. Who's there to catch you? You know? Like who's there to do it? No one's there. And you have to like everyone that she was with, like, she's blessed to have around them because they no, absolutely. love and care for her. And Letty's trying to find her purpose in life.
0: Right. Letty's still in a place of, of seeking and finding herself. Right. So mm-hmm. It is told that she got an inheritance and therefore she was able to buy the mansion. And this hurts Ruby, which I found very important inside of the story. Mm. Because it's like, you didn't even show up to mama's funeral, but yeah, you still get everything. was like yes. her whole, whole, whole process. I really felt for her in that moment because it's like, Ruby was like the caregiver for the mom for her, like her last days. So like for you to like be disrespected in such a way, I can only imagine that being so hurtful and so you know so disturbing but it's like that part didn't make sense to me until later episodes because of how she really got the inheritance yeah until you really find out how she got the inheritance but i thought that episode was interesting and then moving them into which is something i talk about not necessarily always on this podcast but it's just because of where we grew up that it, it makes it makes sense geographically of like kind of like redlining. So like them now moving to a part of town that they're not wanted just from a, like a, a, a racial standpoint and like them always being forced usually to, to be in the South side. And now yeah. you find your way out of it, but you doing that is just probably putting more people in harm, even though it's like, we have every right to be here too. Yeah. So I find that very <laughs> interesting of her buying the house. And in order to keep up the house with the rent and everything else, and to get things fixed, she decides to rent out a lot of the rooms.
1: Yeah. So, which I like that personally, um, a boarding house is a great thing to have. Uh, They're strengthening numbers, and why not build a community that you want?
0: No, no, you know, of course.
1: You know, personally, we. As people now, we could all chip in ten thousand dollars and go ten people deep and go buy land somewhere in the middle of the country, and make our own, you know, community.
0: No, of course.
1: Um, and I think that that was a step in the direction of Letty growing up.
0: Right. Letty growing up, but it's like a lot of other cultures do it too, right? It's like Asian yeah. culture, that's like a thing. If like a family will buy a one house, they all chip away at the mortgage so there's no more debt. And then from there, it's like, let's find another house and let's do that again, you know, until this house is built up. But they do it in a way where it's even cooler because like they do it for buildings. They don't just do it necessarily for a big giant mansion, right? So it's it's just interesting on, on the thought process on how to get there.
1: No, I agree with that to me. I don't know when it was, like, cool to just, you know, let a kid turn 18 and push them out. Like, you know. Yeah. You should have a house where, you know, everyone should be living together and paying rent and, you know, growing old together and helping out. Because, to me, nobody in the world cares about you but the people that are your family.
0: That, or at least that brought you into the world, hopefully. Yeah, you,
1: right. or anyone that you consider family. Like, like and it i rather have people around me that I love and I want to, you know, be around. And right. like I said, they're strengthening numbers, especially moving on to an, uh, into a neighborhood that, you know, they're not used to seeing you.
0: Right. But like the, when the resources are there, of course you want to move there. And I think it just shows that sometimes the grass don't always seem green on the other side, because as soon as some issues appeared, a lot of them were like ready to leave. They didn't want to stay. They didn't care. You know, they were like, we should have never even done this in the first place. So, But Letty, yeah. Letty and Tick, seeing this, decided to move in because of that. Because he, he didn't care. He wasn't scared of them the way everyone else might be scared of yeah. whatever might come to them.
1: Tick was like, nope. Like he always does, Tick is going to step up to the occasion and protect, you know. Right. And, like, seeing the episode and seeing, like, he's the reason why Uncle George died and him stepping up, you know. And trying to fill the shoes of Uncle George and help out around the house, help out and make sure that the guide is being published.
0: Right.
1: Um, and I could understand why he's, you know, so why he has such a guilty conscience. Right. You know, because he's trying to do all, he didn't mean for it to happen. And it seems like he's noticing that his welcome is being over overwhelmed, like overstayed. And right. That's why he like he sees on top of that with the stuff that happens at the house with you know the people he's like yeah I definitely have to stay around and I definitely have to move in because everybody still needs me you know I still have to clean up everything that I did
0: and I need to give space to my to my aunt because obviously she um, she doesn't believe the story that me and my father told so therefore it's like it's probably best I leave up and it shows when he try he's doing all these things that are like showing that he's a doting cousin right and and nephew however it's like you you're not even supposed to be here like george is supposed to be in my in your place right now you know what i'm saying like and when he senses that when he's trying to cook them eggs and get everything ready for them he he senses it himself that okay i'll overstay my welcome for sure like and this is just the moment right here because uncle george does things a certain way and i'm doing it a different way and she's not even separating the two right now. It's like, no, like, George had his coffee like this, kind of, like, whatever with the mugs.
1: Yeah, it was... That was it. He washed them and flipped them over, and he didn't wash them. He just left them there, you know, right side up. Um, But I do respect him for what he tried to do. You know, that's what I would have done if, you know, God forbid, something happened to my family. I would definitely try and step up to be helpful, especially because Dee just lost her father. Right. It's not like there's, like, it's not like she has anyone else you know she has Montrose barely when he's sober you know but you see everybody in this episode try and step up for HIPAA Hippalea, and um D right and, um trying to see like even talking about the brothers like them growing up like Uncle George and Montrose are brothers and they grew up in this they grew up the same way but they're two totally different people like you absolutely know? and I think that's another thing that the writers got too, with making sure that they wrote it the right way. Like you could tell that they're family, but you could tell that they've been through stuff together, but apart that they don't want to talk about.
0: Different experiences that they keep to themselves kind of. Yeah. Well, what I found interesting is as soon as he felt like he overstayed his welcome, he then tries to go to his father's house, who he doesn't have the greatest relationship with, but then he sees Montrose drunk acting crazy and, him i believe reminiscent of a dream the same dream that tick had but in a different way a little bit with jackie <laughs> robinson saving the day basically a, a moment in his childhood with, with a bat and swinging away so basically um montrose is not in a good way either drunk in the middle of the day and relieving a memory from his joy him and george you so w- he said it so many times that Tick knew it word for word, basically, and then yeah. smiled about it. But he's also ashamed. He's like, yo, you're drunk, and this is all you're thinking about? Like, this is all you can do right now is just be drunk because you only think about yourself. Like,
1: Yeah. How,
0: yeah, like, uh, your your sister-in-law and your, your niece is, you know, going through something, and this is all you can do is just drink and be, whoa, it's me kind of moment, too, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's something that Tick can't stand because it's like used to beat my ass and it's like, all oh, you did my whole life to me would be a fucking drunk. And like, that's what frustrates him the most. It's like, so.
1: When I went there, when I first saw it, I thought he was going there for, you know, a place to live. But. I
0: like, think that was his, his intentions, that, too, though. But then he noticed that and he was like, oh, OK, no,
1: I can't. Do yeah, this. I don't know. I didn't get that. I got more of a he went there to speak to his father about how he was feeling guilty about what they told her. And, gotcha. you know, and basically, you know, him, Montrose being drunk, you know, he stood up and he obviously, like, made a flashback for Tick, and Tick literally retreated to a child and got up like he was going to get beat. And they were going back and forth, and Montrose is like, we can't tell Hippalaya the real thing, because she, like, he, do- he doesn't think at the time that she could be helpful to, or handle, you know, learning Oof. about wizards and everything. Yeah, learning the truth, and... I think they're selling her short, you know. Um, right. But I always feel like the, the woman is the, the backbone of the family and they can handle more things than everyone else.
0: I agree. But I think the reason why they, they set her, her so short is because she played a position to be George's, you know, underneath mm-hmm. George instead of people really knowing her, her true self and her true worth and her true personality. And that's when I think she's frustrated when she ripped up that Dracula book.
1: Yeah. And I is think because that she has so
0: much to say to her husband, who, although we think he's trying to be loving and doting and, and protecting, of telling her, no, you can't go, like, not this time, she yeah. feels like she could have made a difference if, if, she, yeah. if she was, was to go.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah. She definitely
1: would feel like that, because, you know, God forbid something ever happened like that to Cameron, I would be like, no, let me go, you know, mm-hmm. or let me be, but... Someone has to stay back and, you know, run the spaceship when, you know, someone's got to (laughs) go.
0: Right. So I guess my first question, even though we talked a little bit of of some scenes that we thought were very poignant and important is, what was your favorite scene?
1: My favorite scene was, I have two of them, because I really, (laughs) I couldn't pick all the way, but the... When Letty brings in the voodoo lady and starts to cleanse the house and everything and try and get rid of all of the spirits and everything.
0: Yeah, that um, was too much for me.
1: Like them being in the basement and, you know, the the people that were murdered, they showed up first. And Tick was getting, you know, he was getting taken over by the the demon and the way he acted phenomenal like always you know never anything bad about him <laughs> like and then like the voodoo lady gets hit and smashed away and then it's up to them to and then at the end like they use the spirits that were killed you know to to banish the man that killed them the one right. that was torturing the house because to me you know a soul or a ghost that's haunting a house is going to haunt anybody they don't care who you are but right. you know, so when you're presenting yourself, you know, because you're the new owner without doing the research, um, when they the, the spirits figured out that they were trying to help and they she embraced them and they all got mm-hmm. into a circle and they banished him, that was, it was so good. Like it, it was a mind blowing thing that I've never seen before or never even been like taken back to seeing something like that.
0: Right. And the only reason why she found out it was haunted and she realized things were weird, but she didn't know why because she was hearing things. I wanted to backtrack a little bit just to give the um, the viewers more context and the listeners is when the cops um, came for a, a noise complaint, basically because of the fire in the lawn. Then the then they put the bricks over the, um, the steering wheels, I believe, to so like honk the horns to bring them outside. And then they didn't know that they were about that business, and basically they all had um, ladies people had guns, and they pulled them out and started shooting and, and breaking up cars and everything else.
1: And that's my second favorite episode, part of the episode, is when,
0: mm.
1: you know, they the white people, they didn't like it. They showed up. And the first, you know, intimidation tactic was, I'm going to sit on, you know, park my cars in front of your house and put a brick there and sit on it. They seen right. that, you know, it didn't really phase anybody. Um, and... When those people, they they started with the, you know, with the cars and the bricks on the horn, that didn't work. They saw that it didn't phase them. They were still having, you know, going on about to have their housewarming party. And then they overstepped their boundaries, you know, using their privilege and they went onto their property, you know, and then they burned the cross. And at that point I loved Letty because Letty was like, I had enough, I'm done. Right. This is, this is my property. You disrespected it by coming onto it and you're burning a cross. There's children in the house. And the fact of they, they got like, everybody stood behind her and everybody knew what they needed to do. She went outside and she didn't back down. She, you, she did everything that she needed to do. She busted those windows with no regrets. She did what she did. And when everybody had her back and they you know ruby even pulled out in the wagon and grabbed everything and dipped off like it was it was yeah. a perfect thing and that's it was the, it was the, the show
0: thing. that we could do we could be we could fight dirty too and I, that's what i love yeah.
1: about it like your intimidation tactics don't scare me at all they're not going to scare us and you're not going to come onto my property and think something's not going to happen right and it it was really good those are the two scenes that i was like i really loved in that episode
0: yeah, I think for me, my favorite scene is um, just just Montrose just being that freaking crazy drunk. just yeah. <laughs> And just him having the flashback, I guess, of uh, a good time of him and his brother George. Because I think, you know, the viewers would miss George after definitely seeing that he passed because he was such a guiding light for um, Tick. And obviously was a great big brother to, um, to Montrose, to and to even remember the the same stories and stuff and like be revered and think about that so much so
1: I feel like that was my
0: favorite scene personally no go ahead
1: no I was saying like that scene like the one that you're talking about it Mm -hmm. it's hard to to watch in a way because you know you don't ever want to see like Atticus relive his childhood or any of them have to do that. But to build the story, like, you know, you have to see certain things like that. But I was gonna say-
0: Which ties into a lot more of deeper stories within by the time the the season ends, I should say.
1: um, What I was gonna say in reference to the scene about the intimidation tactics by the the people in the neighborhood, it Mm. makes me think back to 2015 when that black family moved into Lindenhurst
0: Okay, yeah. I, re- I heard and about that. remember
1: how they got a letter saying that they didn't want them there. And it's like it that was in 2015, you know. Yeah.
0: It's things that very much happen today. It's it's sad, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but when I saw that, that's what it made me think of because though that family was an amazing family and they didn't deserve mm-hmm. any of that just because you know they're not white. some
0: right. And you know, that things happen a lot on Long Island, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you learn a lot. Like, I definitely learned a lot, you know, just learning, living on Long Island. Um, Just looking over at my notes, I'm trying to see. I I loved getting to see Ruby sing again. I think that is her color. Um, She looked beautiful, and it was such a perfect song that she was singing, you know, party Mm -hmm. until midnight. (laughs) Yeah.
0: so, scene. who had your favorite performance in the episode I guess from uh, actress name point. Also,
1: Letty because she showed so much strength as a woman like she wasn't going to back down, you weren't going to scare her. Mm-hmm. And also rewatching it, she bought that house and after the, you know, police grabbed her up and said, "You don't even know what's going on in this house. You don't even know the history." Right. You put her she up on what's
0: happening. Yeah.
1: Um and I also learned that the people that they killed you know, they were the ones that were digging the tunnel in the basement. Mm. Um, I learned that when I was listening to it, the police, um, he said something about it. Um I'm trying to say um and the it kind of gives me american horror story type things like with the murder house um mm-hmm. and like i told you when we were talking before the whole monster house type movie like that's yeah. what the house is based off of like something like that where it's being controlled you know on its by
0: own. by some type of magical evil spirit at times yeah, yeah. especially yeah. the elevator the elevator is like a, a foreshadowing of things happening like Yeah, Like one minute elevator doesn't work, but then it decides to work out of nowhere and it almost hurts Letty until she moves out the way. And then when these three um, Caucasian men thought they were gonna harm them when they finally saw that Letty was back in the house after coming back from being arrested, tries to do harm to them and they all, I think it killed in a different part of the room and then somehow they all end up in the basement somewhere.
1: Yeah, I was like, it took its head off and how does his body get in the basement? (laughs) it's
0: it's, it's just some parts you're just not gonna understand however like it was a great way of foreshadowing it's like you know like sometimes you should just mind your business kind of thing and like that was like a perfect lesson
1: yep mind your business
0: for sure stay
1: on your side of the street right um i also was talking about um with the voodoo part of it, like it's kind of you learn a little bit where, you know, Christina finally shows up, you know, to make herself known that she's in Chicago and she can't even get into the house because she's not welcomed. She has to be right. welcomed in to be able to get into the house. And she was also going there to look for the solar system that Hippalaya found. But she didn't really find it. It kind of presented itself to her.
0: To, right. Like, but i not... Up, but was it in that episode or a different episode?
1: No, it was in it was in episode three. Okay, it was right after um, it was right after the kids were playing with the uh, Luigi board, which I wrote down everything. The Luigi board is telling um, those kids and D that George is dead. Mm-hmm. Like when it spelled it out, it just says George is dead. Um, but she was Hephaestus uh, was looking for them. And she went to say kids are you up there and they didn't say anything mm-hmm. and then the door opens and it like presented itself to her and then that's Got when it. she grabs it and takes it to the light to the library and she like calls her dad she's trying to figure it out because she's never seen a solar system that had two sons right and, like that's another right. thing where it goes into the scientific stuff where it's like now she's learning that there's more
0: yeah, and I don't, I don't think it was a library. I think she took it to um, George's office where the guides are. Oh, no maybe. I'm no, I,
1: Tick was at the but
0: library. It, right, Tick was at the library. Yes, when he, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a lot going on, so it makes sense. So, yeah, I also, I don't know, I enjoyed this whole episode, but, like, another important scene to me that was very poignant was um, Tick at the library, he does his research and finds out why, um, why Christina wants some like some of these things, and from there he he figures he could settle it all because he's the first one to realize that you, you didn't get that house really from inheritance. How did you get it? He kind of like confronts Letty a little bit about it and finds out that it came from Christina.
1: Yeah.
0: So he he
1: walks into like somewhere and she was there
0: and he right like, oh no he saw her across the street I think at like a um a realtor's office that she just bought yeah. basically. So then. He goes back to, I guess, a home of his or one of the houses that he frequents at, and grabs his gun and said, "I'll be back," mm. or whatever. He doesn't really tell them why, because I think he saw them before anyone else saw her. Yeah. So then he gets the gun, or whatever, and then that's when he tries to like have the guy close up shop, and then he tries to kill her, but he can't because she has the type of spell on him, and even trying to attempt such a thing on her. And then she just talked to him for like two minutes and keeps him stuck. But I don't remember exactly what she was saying, but I know it's fairly important.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think.
0: So what spoke to you most about episode three, I guess is like a question. Like um,
1: what spoke to me most is when <laughs> they finally started to realize that they need to start figuring stuff out. Like when they all started to like, like George is gone, you know, he was the one that was doing all of it. So obviously you guys got to do your own work now. And the fact that, you know, Tick and Letty and Hippolya, like it was an episode of research, you know? Yeah. um, everybody was trying to do their research to figure out everything and they were all learning new things and Dee right. was coping with losing her father and, you know, hanging out with kids and trying to be a kid, you know.
0: Right. So, I would say to encompass all of episode three basically was like, this is where the, the their plots were at one point all together, now you start getting to each individual subplot before they probably come back together towards the season finale, if that makes sense.
1: I agree with that because okay. it's yeah. only going to get better, guys.
0: Pretty much. Because episode three, Hepileia, is on some, which I think is a Greek word or Greek name, but I don't know what it stands for. I'm sure that her name has a a meaning behind it. I, we should look that up, actually.
1: All right. Let me see. Right. Um.
0: How you spell her name again in the series or you have it written down.
1: It's like a, I wrote it down. Hold
0: on, her name is Greek, and it's, then her being into like
1: certain, a, you know, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like I thought it was
0: very interesting.
1: Yeah, her name is H I P P O L Y T A.
0: Yeah, in classical Greek, Hippolyta was a daughter of Ares and Oterra, queen of the Amazons, and a sister of Endoth. And she, So basically, she was Wonder Woman before Wonder Woman, is basically what she's yeah. saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: her dignity, a girl. Like Give when I
1: call too. you Hippolyta, like her, all, Ruby, I think everybody gives their all, but I think the women come ten times harder when you start right. to see them um acting like guys we haven't even touched the surface of really what's going to happen yet right um i'm trying to think that those are all really the notes that i have for episode three yeah um i didn't really like i like that the um i like that they added d in there being a child you know.
0: Yeah, I, it showed I, her being a kid and not dealing with all the real life issues. Yeah, you know, that.
1: doing what kids do, play with freaking Luigi boards, because I definitely did it when I was younger. And
0: you know, Did you? How did yeah, that I go? Yeah, I would never
1: do it again. <laughs> never, ever. Mm. Um, but the yeah. solar system, I'm, I'm trying, I want, like, that's what Chris, that's what she came there looking for, is the solar system. So that's a big part besides Tick, that is, you know, Something
0: in the- Yeah, like, but this is like her love, right? So her seeing that, it was like enticing to her because nobody knows what she's into because she was just always underneath George. Nobody knows she had these hobbies of being about the stars and yeah. that she was into science. So like this kind of helps bring that subplot out is when you see her carry that like away to like look at it and kind of examine it. And then with Tick being the the enthusiast of a, of a, of a student that he is, he's doing research because of what happened to him. And then he finds out basically what this book is really about. And I think knowing if she gets it on I mean, her hands is why he's also trying to get rid of Christina in a way
1: Yeah,
0: and to not harm her from letting. Cause if I'm not mistaken, is that the first time they, they become like kind of an item was that that house party, right?
1: Yeah. Cause that's when that guy was like, uh, you stay here Kinda- and run free. You need to let her know. And then that's when they first, you know, have sex and everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and then literally minutes after them having sex, that's when they start burning the cross and then Letty, then.
0: All of that issues started coming about, yeah.
1: You know, and just they, everything to a T, like yeah. the way that they dress, the way that the house was built, um, even to see like when she first bought the house, like it was run down, you know, run yeah. down. And I really think that those people were mad that, you know, they fixed up the house and made it look nicer than the houses across the street. You know, right. and you know, it just, <laughs> they should have a HOA or whatever those things are called. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> no, I think it's that, but it's also what upsets them more, I think, is that um, how can she afford this, right? It's like, yep. how can she do it and I can't kind of thing.
1: It's always that, like, why does she have this? It's always jealousy, it's ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, so it shows a lot of uh, things that we're dealing with today, right? Especially in different suburbs and stuff. Although Chicago's not yeah. a suburb, it's, it's sectioned off like that because they have homes and stuff. They have houses, so it's very. And I feel
1: like even till still to this day, Chicago is kind of like that.
0: Right. It's, it's from the way they make it sound like it's like the north side is predominantly white. Like they're not even like in the south side like that or anything. So yeah. it's, it's it's definitely different for sure. So for me, I guess, what's your most sci-fi moment? Mine's is, the the, the, there wasn't much sci-fi moments, only somewhat, it wasn't even sci-fi. The the biggest moment that wasn't all um, realistic was like the spirits all holding each other's hands just to like, to me, that was like the most out there thing that happened outside of like you hearing the different things throughout the house, throughout the whole episode, was just that one moment where the voodoo woman Who's supposed to help them break the spell is the one that got her ass kicked somehow
1: <laughs> but i don't even think that's scientific i feel like no no it's not that's why right?
0: i would say more paranormal for sure so like mm-hmm. i don't think it was big scientific moments in this one it was more just a paranormal activity moment basically
1: no i feel like the scientific thing is when you know Hippolyta found the the solar the system. solar system yeah that's yeah, kind of like the most thing yeah and then like the conversation she had with her dad about it where she was so excited like dad i don't even know where this is from but it's interesting and that was a
0: phone call right because i don't think we ever saw him no
1: she was on the phone talking to her dad um but yeah that like i think it was more of a paranormal episode in a way um but even you have to see um just before we talk about it well close up if we are, Um, there was a scene where Christina was playing with the the little kids in the neighborhood being, you know, being a child, you know, being able to play. And then all of a sudden, you know, the. the, uh... no, it was Christina. Christina was playing with, you know, the white kids of the neighborhood. She was playing hide and seek with them. And they were like, like they were trying to explain to her how to play. And she he's like, what is this your first time? And she's like. Yes, it is my first time playing. <laughs> like, just to see her, like, you know, what is she, a vampire or, or a sorceress or something? She, yeah. They're different. You know, like, she could be a million years old, but she didn't really get to, you know, have a childhood like these kids are. So to do something for the first time, like, you could see how excited she was. And then all of a sudden the police came and took her. Right. And then they absolutely. came you know, and went to go handle things because she showed up unannounced, right. You know, in a way. Um, But I saw that and I I enjoyed that with that because I do like Christina. Um, I think she's one of the the secondary characters that I do like.
0: She's not even secondary, right? You don't know if she's a protagonist or antagonist. You just know she's not for tech and she wants to finish what her father started. That's all you would really know about her somewhat.
1: Especially for right now, you know. Right. Eventually we'll learn more about her, but I do like her character. Um, And, you know, thing she's playing
0: right now. So I think that's really it. What what's the stars ratings you give this one? This one was probably my least favorite just because it was too much. Um it was just a little too spooky for me. I'm not into like horror movies. So like it was just a little yeah. too much and stuff. Yeah. So I would <laughs> although the show was executed very well and the parts I enjoyed I really enjoyed, I would give it a three and a half just because this is where I have to make the critical decision if I'm going to keep watching or stop watching because of that one episode. I was like, if it's doing more of this, I probably won't be into it. And thank God it wasn't. So therefore, like, I was like, okay, it was just this one episode. Even though there's a little bit more of this stuff, but it's not as crazy. And we'll get into, I guess, when that other episode comes about. But that was really my thoughts on episode three. I'll probably give it three and a half stars.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Although it can get four from me, but like, because of that It was just three and
1: a half. Yeah. I feel like it's not my favorite episode, but it had favorite moments. So I agree with you. It's probably going to get a three point, you know, three and a half because it was a lot going on, but it just was a, it was a research, not a filler, but kind of a filler. It was setting up for the rest of the season. season. Right. Yeah. Like that's filler. It was, it was setting it up for the, you know, the rest of the the season. And you got to learn a little bit more about Hippolya and D. You know,
0: right. This this more was more, more about them a little bit of, of them grieving and dealing with loss in their ways, and yeah. finding things that get bring them closer to George. Yeah. Or finding themselves now after George, I should say, even more. Yeah. Than, so.
1: And I do like I'm I'm happy that Tix tried to step up. You know, it, it's hard. Yeah. You know, but he did a really good job for what he was. You know, there for. And no, absolutely. It. Three out of three and a half. Three and a
0: half. Three and a half. That's that's what I'm going with too. So, I want to thank you again, Jesse, for doing episode three, Americana Co Writer, to Writer with the Lovecraft edition. So, thank you for even doing this with me. <laughs>
1: You're welcome.
0: Thank you, everyone. Please like and subscribe. And um, Jesse also has a podcast that I would like her to mention about.
1: Hi guys, I have a new podcast. It's called Everyone's Entitled to My Opinion. Um, you can follow me on instagram it's ee2mo um i will be having new episodes soon and i'm excited to start this because this is a lot of fun to do it um but thank you for having me
0: no thank you for doing this this is americana quote writer to writer take care guys